All right, welcome back in the podcast. Um, today is quite a special day. It's uh, the 100th episode of the Feed Your Brain podcast. Um, actually, so before the interview with Barney um, Waters as the president of K-Swiss starts, I want to leave a couple of words to the audience since I'm uh, actually very grateful um, for the feedback, for the messages, for the emails, for the talks I had to uh, lots of listeners, to to friends, um, to family, to people um, that actually came into my life because of the podcast. And uh, it's been it's been a big blast to actually host the show. It's been uh, great to have um, amazing guests on the show. It's it's just been a great journey doing something I like, which is talking to people, learning more about them, and uh, bringing it to yeah to the globe um, in order to to help people to give people advice to give people insights into the tech digital and leadership scene um, and uh, therefore I just want to thank you guys for for your for your patience for um, your commitment to listen to the podcast and it's uh, it's just been great um, to have you on the show um, therefore I actually don't want to leave too many words um, but uh, why did I choose K Swiss because it's a a brand that's been uh, following my journey for quite a while. I've been a fan of K-Swiss since I'm a child and um, the brand is coming up again, which which I um, admire to see. It's uh, It's been great and um, therefore I thought it would be a good chance to talk to Barney about it and to, to share the experiences Barney had with the audience and uh, therefore um, I'm very thankful for you guys uh, for 100 episodes of... Um, content of um, your messages and um, it's uh, it's been a blast and uh, ha enjoy the show if you have any questions or any tips for the next 100 episodes please let me know and um, if you have liked the podcast recently um, please let me li a review on itunes that's that's definitely gonna help to push the to push the podcast further and to see how you are rating the podcast and what I can do better in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, I really enjoyed it and have fun with the interview with Barney. In the trenches every day cause I stay on my grind. If they hate they let them make cause they won't stop my shine. See me running to that money I just want was mine. No I don't waste no time. No I don't waste no time. Whoa whoa. Welcome back in the Feed Your Brain podcast. My name is Max Elster, and I'm um, very lucky to have a very special guest, which um, I actually find very cool to have you on. Um, it's Barney Waters, who is the president of K-Swiss. Um, for everybody that is not aware of K-Swiss, um, that's definitely something that you need to blame yourself on. Um, it The company was founded in 1966. It all started with tennis shoes. Um, It went through ups and downs. It went really through difficult, uh, difficult times. It's coming up again. It's really coming up again. And it's just been a culture to, um, identify K-Swiss as one of the brands that I've been worn over the years. And, um, it's just great to have Barney here because he's taking K-Swiss up as a brand again. And it's just great to have a chat with him. Welcome Barney in the podcast and sorry for the lateness. Uh, we had some technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> no problem at all. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. 
It's good to have you here. Um, actually, we, we didn't have the chance to chat so much in the pre-talk about um, maybe my relation to K-Source, but maybe to give you a little feedback here. Um, when I was eight years old, my mom came actually back from the States and she brought everybody in the family K-Swiss shoes. So when I was eight years old, I had my first synergy with your brand that you're working with now, right. that you're the president. And it's been great to follow follow the road of K-Swiss. And um, it's just great to have you here. Welcome in the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's funny how, you know, a lot of times our, our relationship to brands uh, come from old memories or, you know, things that uh, that are in our in our history that we hold dear to us. And I'm, so I'm glad you have that connection. Right, right. And um, I, I wasn't aware of K-Swiss back then, but I think also in Germany, there are a lot of people that also from the hip hop scene, breakdance scene, skater scene that are aware of K-Swiss and uh, what you guys have done. And it's a very special and cultural brand. So how have you actually been in the last, like, I think three years or two years that you have been the president? Because I mean, there's quite some stuff happening at, in your company, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we I took over. I actually uh, came to K-Swiss. Uh, to run a different brand called Palladium, Palladium Boots, that K-Swiss bought Palladium Boots. As some of you listeners may know, it's an old European uh, boot. It was worn originally by the French Foreign Legion. And it was an old, you know, cool uh, fashion boot back in the day in Europe. So I remembered it coming from England. And so I moved to K-Swiss to, to work on Palladium because K-Swiss had bought the brand. So uh, I originally came to do that. And then about, uh, yeah, like you said, two, three years ago, that I got moved upstairs to the to the, <laughs> the mother brand to work on K-Swiss. And K-Swiss had sort of gone away, you know, it lost relevance and it was struggling and declining. Uh, you know, it was strong in its heyday, as you mentioned, and Germany was one of the strong markets. Mm -hmm. uh, since then, it's sort of trends shifted and K-Swiss declined. And so my work has been uh, with the team here is to to try and bring this brand back to relevance. So uh, that's a, been a combination of, you know, br bringing back the history of K-Swiss, but also building a new modern uh, take on what the brand means. That's 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 uh, that's a big big uh, big big way ahead, I think, and especially I think um, to actually take the step and do that is quite quite special for for entrepreneurs. And I'm an entrepreneur. I feel what I've seen from your videos and from the stuff you do, you have insane entrepreneurial spirit, which which of course correlates with my audience. Still, you you went into a company or you took over a role that had a lot of fear behind it right you needed the company was very went through a very difficult time the market yep. has been actually decreasing in the last years of course what was your reason your internal reason to actually say okay i'm gonna go back i'm gonna put this thing again up where it has been 15 or 10 years ago well you know i relished the, the opportunity you know i think once you uh, have a spirit of you know loving sneakers or being in branding or marketing or being in business Uh, you 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 look for challenges. You know, I think you know to to maintain somebody else's work is a lot easier, and you mm -hmm. could have a more comfortable life coming to work every day and just doing the same thing over and over again. But I think you you know if you really uh, enjoy the game and the journey, you you end up looking for these challenges that are not going to be easy, and people say you can't do it. And um, I had really close friends of mine saying that you know I don't think this is savable. Uh, <laughs> someone says that to me it makes me even more determined to try and do it you know so I think I um, I was definitely open to it because I thought it would be a great challenge and I look for those things now 
but also I it was a chance to run a brand and I hadn't done that before in you know to be the 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 leader of the of the whole brand and and that was exciting to learn something and to put myself into a new situation and I and I really think that I've been uh had a I've gained a lot you know I've put a lot into K-Swiss but I've also got a lot from it myself it's been a two-way street in that I've had the opportunity to learn so many new things over the past two, three years. Uh, and, you know, I'm in, you know, you, I'm, in, I'm in my forties, you know, so it's great to be learning again uh, at this, at this point in my career. I've really enjoyed that. I can, I can totally, I can totally imagine that. And I mean, you have, as far as I have seen it, you have always been somewhere in the marketing field, which is current, of course, branding and everything that surrounds or that is surrounded by branding. You have been like a software marketing guy before and then jumped into, into the shoes field, into the, yeah. like now into the, into the, the brand uh, part of it. Um, and now the present, now being the present, what, like, have you had, what was your experience of K-Swiss when you were younger? How was the brand entitled in the American, uh, in the American dream and the American part of culture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, you know, I grew up in England, so I was in England I was about till I was about 20, uh, 23 years old. I grew okay. up in England. So, you know, in England, uh, K-Swiss wasn't a big factor in my youth, uh, just based on when I was growing up from, you know, in the seventies and eighties, uh, you know, by the time, uh, K-Swiss was sort of, uh, on the rise, I, I was now in America and I moved over to work, like you said, in the software business. Uh -huh. uh, and, By 2002, I was at Puma and I was, you know, fully committed to Puma. And I think Puma's uh, rise at that time with sort of European style, low profile, colorful fashion sneakers is probably one of the reasons that K-Swiss was hurt because K-Swiss had these bigger, white, puff, you know, chunky sneakers. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, K-Swiss was not something that was in my past as a, as a consumer, but You know, it was very big in the in as a nostalgia brand in in the Americas, and mm -hmm. so uh, you know I've learned more about the history since I've been here than experienced it myself as a consumer back then. Mm -hmm. Because, like, of course, it hasn't been completely, completely packed in the, packed in the European market, European right? Market, you, you mentioned before that it has definitely been something that in Germany we have all been seen and the brand that people actually could identify with. Um, but of course, Adidas and um, and and Nike and other brands have also spread it through other countries, uh, like like. Germany and the UK generally maybe to 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 go a step back um still you are since you are very entrepreneurial you are probably are also very analytical in some way of what has been happening in the past and there were actually user questions that asked me or uh, follower questions that asked me okay why did K-Swiss on like from your opinion actually had such a breakdown was it only because Puma had a different or a similar style or was it also from like a business perspective what has gone wrong that you want to change now yeah I think I mean obviously like everyone's an expert after the fact right. um and so you know I I don't I don't know 100% because I wasn't involved so I would say some bigger things would be you know the trend shift you know we're in a business of sneakers where trends shift in the same way that you know fashion changes and so you know if if you know one thing is I think K-Swiss got left behind as as fashion style changed in sneakers mm -hmm. uh, but But also, I think what's true is that you can't just follow the trend and be accepted as a brand. You know, if you're known as a certain type of brand by people and and then the trend moves to something else, um, it, it's very difficult for people to suddenly follow you and, and accept your brand in that area. In other words, if we're known for court style white sneakers, if the trend becomes very lightweight, 
colorful running sneakers, it doesn't mean that K-Swiss is accepted as that kind of brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in what, what I've learned is people put you into a box as a brand to say, this is what I think you are. And it's very difficult to get them to move out of that box and think of you as something else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think on the one hand, K-Swiss didn't react to the trend shifting, but I also think that consumers probably didn't allow K-Swiss to, to uh, shift to other things because they had them in a, in a box in their mind. Uh, and it's very difficult to shift uh, a perception of a brand in somebody else's mind once it's set, you know, mm-hmm. and, and say this, you know, brands don't exist. What K-Swiss is, isn't what I say it is. It's what the consumer says it is. Mm-hmm. So and it's in your mind, not in mine. And it's very difficult for me to get into your mind and change what you think of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that, actually, yeah, especially the part of saying that as soon as people correlate like a bigger vision with the brand like for example i i saw a a a a talk of you where you said okay adidas is correlated to vips and uh, special personalities like pharrell williams and and the other guys nike is definitely more or less the sports brand and now you have actually jumped on a trend that also correlates with your identity i think uh, very well and with the stuff that you do around the company now which is entrepreneurship right i mean of course it's it's not just a trend that has been happening for two three years there has always been entrepreneurship but entrepreneurship now is something that young people and generally people can can identify with uh, themselves with and i think that's a very interesting trend what has what has given you the magic to say, okay, now we're going to go and follow the trend of entrepreneurship since entrepreneurship is not something like sports. It's also not something like VIP personalities are, but it's something different, right? It's building a business, which generally isn't very brandy and very focused on sneakers and stuff. Yeah, I think that it's number one, it's because it's real, you know, it's real. if you know, it's not just something I made up. It's Mm -hmm. that as a team here, look, just recognize that it was becoming a big, uh reality that young people were starting to talk more about hustling entrepreneurship starting their own businesses starting their own brands using social media and digital technologies to access the consumer on their own and that's just the truth so number one it was really happening Um, Mm -hmm. and number two is i was looking for something that gave case was a chance to be different and not follow nike as an athlete brand or or adidas as a celebrity brand because i knew i couldn't beat them at their own game so this gave us an opportunity to do something different but it was also i felt like the biggest growing shift in in youth aspiration mm-hmm. and, and you know you mentioned it as a trend and i think you know i think it is there is a trend of entrepreneurship but i don't think entrepreneurship is a trend i think right. it's a significant cultural shift that isn't going to go away and the reason is is because um I just don't think, well, first of all, the digital environment isn't going to slow down or go away. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the ability for people to use um, the the Internet and everything that brings to reach a consumer directly isn't going to change. So the cost of entry of someone starting a brand is now lower and it's not going to go back up. Uh, And I don't think people are going to suddenly decide that they don't like being successful and and being in control of their own destiny. I think that's going to be set now. So um people talk about it as a trend uh, but i think it's a much bigger cultural shift than that so we've aligned our brand to it because we see it as a long-term platform for us and we see it as more relevant i think kids and young people are more interested in talking about success than sports that who's the fastest runner Mm -hmm. 
and and it, and it gives us a, a, a unique point of view to be able to like get noticed because that's the nature of the game is you know getting attention and if you know i don't think anybody would pay attention to k-swiss if we said we're going to be a new soccer brand or a right. fitness brand it's like there's already too many of those mm-hmm. so would anyone care about us but by doing this and being different uh it's it's created a lot of attention for us right which was the yeah and i can totally relate to it right i'm yeah, i'm right, 21 I'm, years I'm 21 old and I've, what i've seen and what i've experienced from young from talking to young people and that are my my age it's all about purpose right we are living in an age where a lot of stuff is happening the, the, the we are living in a hyper hyper speed world but we all need to find a purpose and a relation where we can identify ourselves with as, as young people as the generation y and entrepreneurship only doesn't mean in my eyes to found a company it also means to be entrepreneurial if you work in a different company if you work for a company and you can also be entrepreneurial right you also have uh, patrick buchanan i think who's also your marketing director who's all, who also seems to be uh, insanely entrepreneurial and creative thinking and that's something that it's not just based on founding your own business it's really much more than that it's really build something leaving something behind when you die it's leaving something behind to your family to yeah. your grandchildren and that's by building purpose around everything that you do and it starts with fashion it goes over to uh, family life it starts uh, with a business life right it's something that completes the whole packet and and K-Swiss can really integrate into that cultural fit. Yeah, exactly. It's about, uh, you know, looking for people or, or speaking to people about, you know, their, their contribution to society and, and, and their, you know, success and impact as a driver of what people are trying to do now versus just, you know, sports um, uh, success. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right, right. Is is a formula? Sneakers were only for sports. Well, that's changed now. Everyone wears sneakers, even for work. So, uh, why do we have to keep just only talking about sports? And so, yeah, I think it's entrepreneurship is a mindset. Okay, it's not only for people who are actually CEOs of their own business. That you could be working in a company, you could be working in the mailroom, you could be unemployed, you could be a student. And still have an entrepreneur mindset, and mm-hmm. those are the people I'm talking to. Right, absolutely, and that's that's something that, of course, um, my audience can also uh, identify themselves with. Generally, I think, of course, it's not a fashion podcast, but how have you identified the the trend from, um, let's say, 15, 20 years ago, where suits and generally suit shoes were um, a must in an office, uh, especially in like an entrepreneurial environment, to like times now where you can actually wear whatever you want and you can go with a t-shirt and nice sneakers and you can play around and be be creative with your fashion styles from a fashion point of perspective how has fashion changed or give you more opportunities for your brand in the entrepreneurial field has that something that you have been also taking a big look at or is that more or less the second priority yeah i mean i think sneakers have just expanded in their usage you know in the in the use occasions or wear occasions of a sneaker is now way more than it used to be you know you'd mm-hmm. put on to go to work and then you'd bring bring your sneakers to go to the gym after work uh that that was really it now it's way more occasions where sneakers are can be worn and, and are more appropriate and i think it comes from the fact that you know dressing up in a suit is almost like pretending you know it's like mm-hmm. i'm going to tr- be smart so that you think I'm um, smarter or more presentable or more professional, you know, and people now don't believe in 
people know the reality. So they'd rather you just, if you're smart and successful and intelligent and have value and you're a great person, it doesn't matter if you're wearing a jeans and a t-shirt or a suit, someone's going to be able to tell in the first 30 seconds of talking to you, whether you know what you're talking about or not. And if you are wearing a beautiful suit and don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> it's not going to save you. Right, right. People are just like, hey, I just want to be real. Let's be authentic. And let's talk about who you are. Now, sometimes wearing something a little nicer shows that you made an effort or you respect where you're going. So I don't, wouldn't go to an investor meeting or to see one of my big clients or to a nice dinner wearing a, 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 a bad T-shirt. I might dress up slightly, but I might still wear sneakers uh, right. because those, that's acceptable these days. But I'm going to wear a slightly more sophisticated sneaker. You know, maybe it's leather. Maybe it's black leather with a white bottom. It's not necessarily a running mesh running shoe uh, in neon green with a suit. It's gonna look <laughs> or, you know what I mean? So I'm still going to wear a, a sort of a more sophisticated type of sneaker. And that's what we're building. Right, right. And it's, of course, that's something like you adapt also, of course, to the other person that you're sitting with, right? And I think if people look at your, your homepage or your collection, they can see that you are going very, very creative for all the wild guys or wild ladies that want to experience a little bit with your shoes. But you also have very clean and very, um, very well fitted shoes for business meetings or investor meetings and stuff. So you really have a big variety, which allows people to choose whatever they like from, right? Yeah, what's actually really interesting, and this is just from talking to entrepreneurs, is when an entrepreneur says, hey, I'm going to go see a client. Okay, so if you're an entrepreneur, you're selling, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're probably got client. You hopefully you've got clients. Mm -hmm. and when you meet that client, you people want to dress differently to meet the client. Okay, so in other words, if they go to the office, maybe they're going for comfort and they just want to be comfortable. But after work, they're going to go for a drink and they're going to meet someone in for a business conversation and then maybe they go to a bar or go for a coffee so they want to dress slightly differently for that but what i've found is they don't want to dress more formally mm. okay they want to just look a little cooler mm -hmm. but when you're selling to a client especially if you're in a younger industry you want to give them the impression that you're someone who's kind of switched on and knows what's going on and so it's not about i want to dress to be more smart it's like i want to dress to be a little bit more Uh, to give the impression that I'm a bit more cool mm -hmm. or do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Course, and yeah. that is not what people think. People think the the kind of conventional wisdom is that people want to dress in a suit to look more professional. It's like, no, they want to dress in their better clothes to look like they're someone who you, who's more popular and, and switched on. And right. that, if you know that you're not going to just make sneakers now that look like a wingtip dress shoe, you know, like in Brown mm -hmm. and, You know, I know Germany, you guys love brown shoes. Right, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, and we'll make brown shoes because it's strong in Germany. But, you know, the the cool entrepreneur might want to wear something a bit more colorful to show that they're different and stand out. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I think one of the reasons what I think about it is that especially the companies that I've experienced with in Germany and especially in Europe, if they see a startup, for example, if they see a young business they don't want to see the founders with like perfectly fitted uh, suits. They want to see that they are a startup, that they are authentic, that they're real, that they are building a business that has come from like a student mind or whatever. So they really want to see what, who they are and they don't want to see them 
being fakey in their in their dre in their address, right? So it's it's something that um it's yeah. something that is very important also to like the more traditional companies that they see, okay, we get some creative energy in our company with young startups that have a different clothing lifestyle and a different lifestyle to company building that have maybe has been uh building up uh twenty, fifteen or fifteen, twenty years ago, right? Yeah, exactly. And maybe to go a little further here, because I think everybody knows, or a lot of people in my audience, uh, they've listened to the podcast with me and Claude Silver from Vayner Media. Everybody, of course, in the entrepreneurship field that is a little longer, they know Gary Vaynerchuk and they know everything that is surrounded by him. You have chosen to work with him. You have actually approached him. Um, why did that happen? Why did you choose Gary? Why did you choose generally to have entrepreneurs as a model or as a face of your company or as an additional face? Well, you know, choosing entrepreneurs was about um, that, that I realized that and, and we as a team realized that people were now looking up to not just the, the Bundesliga stars, but <laughs> business leaders. OK, so Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk or mm -hmm. like that were now being were getting the attention. And I almost like the original guy was Steve Jobs, you know. Mm -hmm. Steve Jobs became the god and the hero, and it used to be Michael Jordan. So, so why was everyone interested in Steve Jobs? Well, because he was intelligent, he was brilliant, he was creating amazing product, and he was successful in changing culture. So he became a hero. So you could see it shifting. And um, in the old days, 20-some years ago, a business leader would never have been a cultural icon or a mm -hmm. hero someone that people wanted to look like or be around. So with that in mind, I was like, well, who could be the face of this messaging for us? And, you know, Gary V was the guy who was the only guy who was really uh, on social media, speaking about this culture and authentically being a business, being really living this. And there was no one else. You know, I kept looking and looking and looking and it all came back to Gary, Gary, Gary. He was the only guy mm -hmm. uh, who was who had, who had made himself the voice of this culture and people were following him so uh, i reached out to him and uh said hey let's you know what if we made a signature sneaker for an entrepreneur which was kind of this crazy idea of taking this athlete model of signature sneakers and and making a businessman's signature sneaker which is a crazy idea and and he was he he loved it you know so uh we now have just launched our fourth sneaker with gary uh which was a actually we did we've done three big launches and we have just launched one small one with a retailer called shoe palace a limited edition oh, like a couple of weeks ago right that's right why and, is that not available in germany though <laughs> yeah because shoe palace is just a u.s chain so it's u.s only um i guess you could get someone here to buy them and ship them but right uh, and i'm sure they'll be on ebay and places like that so then we have more plans so we've now sold thousands of pairs of uh, actually tens of thousands of pairs of sneakers with Gary and it's become a real business. So we sort of proved that this, uh, this theory or this thesis uh, really was, was true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it, it feels like it's something different than just like classical influencer marketing where you use certain personalities to support your brand. It really feels like, okay, you look for identities and personalities that fit to your shoes, that fit to the, to the idea of the brand. And it's not just, okay, we need to choose this personality to make a lot of sales. It's more about, okay, who's the most identical person that uh, fits to our company. And I mean, you mentioned a couple of names before, right? Is Gary like, 
the only one that you face now because Elon is also not wearing K-Swiss shoes, right? And is that an yeah. option? And hey, I'd love him to wear K-Swiss and I'd love to do a shoe with Elon. Um, if anyone knows him or reached out to him, let him know. Uh, but no, right now it's really focused on Gary as the main, as the, the big sort of uh, leader of this. Uh, and we plug in smaller entrepreneurs and do a lot of projects with smaller entrepreneurs underneath that that umbrella. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential going forward to expand the family of entrepreneurs we work with. What's really interesting is when you, you know, this is not an, an endorsement deal in typical sense. You know, when you just buy, pay a rapper to wear your shoes or, or pay a rapper to post Instagram, it's like everybody knows that that's just paid. Okay. Mm -hmm. No one no one is fooled anymore and everybody realizes that you paid that rapper to wear your shoes and they don't respect it. Um, the difference with Gary is he's a hundred percent committed to K-Swiss and, and, and to our success. You can tell that by the way he posts and talks about it constantly because he's a partner in the business with us on, around the Gary V shoe. So it's very different, his level of commitment. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that it's so different is because he's an entrepreneur Okay, so what's the nature of an entrepreneur? They're hardworking. They don't want to fail. They want. They love the journey. Um, they they're going to be successful because they're business minds. So you're you get a double bonus of uh, getting a big entrepreneur name. Not only do they have big reach, but they're also brilliant business minds and great branding and marketing uh, minds. So we got that rolled in with Gary and. You know, partnering with entrepreneurs is a great strategy if you want a partner who's really knows what they're doing. Right, absolutely. And I mean, of course, I can imagine that there are certain questions from followers or from audience, uh, from the audience generally, like from a business perspective. Still, you mentioned, of course, it's not like a like a deal with like influencers that just support your brand for a couple of weeks and then it's over. It has really been like more a partnership, a cooperation between you and and Gary. From a business perspective, like, is there still like the main focus of the money goes to you guys, or is it like, of course, you don't need to go into detail, but generally, like, you like it's something where you think the future can definitely go through partnerships, through corporate collaborations, where both sides make, um, like, they make money with it and they make a a profit with it through branding or through generally what they want to achieve with it. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on who it is. I think the thing with Gary is that he he wouldn't do an, a, a sponsorship deal. He doesn't need to do that. You know, he, he it's not whether we offered him both or we decide. It's like he wouldn't be interested in in a you give me money and I'll post on Instagram. That's not how he works. And but he wants to be uh, you know culturally relevant and build businesses. And he's excited about sneaker culture. So I think. Um, Somebody else, uh, you know, might be a different deal where we pay them to be involved and, and post and you never know. So I wouldn't say that I think every deal is different in how you build it based on, you know, partnerships and collaborations have to be based on, you know, what is the other person trying to achieve mm -hmm. and what are you trying to achieve? And, and, and sometimes it's better not to just put a standard formula, one size fits all, uh, because that's not really how it works. It's, you know, you've got to come to the table um, and understand what each other's motivations are and goals and build something custom. Right, absolutely. And um, it, 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 it can't go from one to the other second, right? You really have to build the legacy with the brand again. And I think it works perfectly if you have a face as well or different faces that fit to the company and to the identity to really build the legacy that you have had, actually had 10, 15 years ago, right? And that can really go through through the brands of the people. Um, 
maybe to go a little further um i think geography is very interesting of course we have a lot of european listeners german listeners and they of course expect k-swiss to have the big rise again in um in in germany i was in um in um, milano a couple of uh, months ago and i saw a footlocker that actually had some k-swiss shoes i wanted to send you a picture on instagram i forgot but um i was very positively surprised how was your How is your transition happening to Europe now? Is it something that is going to happen in 2019, 2020, or how's your plan there? Yeah, I mean, it's so. So when we started, we decided to really focus on the Americas first or the USA first, because that was the dry. You know, Casus was born and raised here. It was founded in California in 1966. You know, we're a, we're a California brand, and so we decided like it has to begin. The rebirth has to begin here. Um, and so we put a lot more focus on the on the U.S. market than Europe. And so I would say that the Europe market has been a little behind in terms of the development of the rebrand. Um, and so, you know, we we will you'll definitely see more happening in 2019 there mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and beyond. And, and so this year has been a globally a great year for us in terms of revenue growth, profitability. You know, it's been a nice um You know, after three years, we finally hit some really good uh, growth numbers that we've been aiming for. And I think Europe would be uh, a definitely a, a focus. But you know, it, it just takes time to turn brands around. You don't just come in one season and suddenly everything's great again. You know, you've got a you've got baggage of brand baggage in people's minds that you have to turn around and again reaching people as an entrepreneurship company as everybody who listening will know is you don't have tons of marketing budget right and that kind of gives you a stack of money um you know you don't you don't uh have a lot of marketing money to play with so you have to build your audience slowly and surely and one person at a time one pair of shoes at a time you know not hey i'm going to do an ad campaign on all the tv stations and um And, and do and succeed in one season that just doesn't happen for entrepreneurial companies that are that you have to use blood sweat and tears to rebuild and to get every little piece working for you right and and i mean if you look at tech companies in the last 20 years you really see those really dark 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 uh, breakdowns and you go up again right if you look at google um at i think like in their 2000 break they have actually been gone they have they didn't have any money they didn't do any profit and they came back again so i can really see some synergies for k-swiss again being in the very dark bottom um of actually selling shoes to now rising up again with the right strategy with the right idea with the right president behind it um <laughs> which um which 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 is cool um and i love that especially europe as a british man you are supporting europe a little bit in the states with the company so that's that's great <laughs> yeah that's right I I'm actually half my life in uh, England and half in America now. I've just crossed the crossed. Actually, I've finally lived longer in America than I ever lived in Europe, which is crazy to think because I never ever planned on being here. And even when I did come, I thought I was coming for two years. And so, you know, 20 some years later, I'm still here. Right. Um, and but, has, but it, has it been hard to to keep the accent? <laughs> uh, no, no, it hasn't. Um, it definitely changes a little bit. When I get to England, it gets a lot more. It gets a lot stronger. Um <laughs> But no, I think I'm stuck with it now. Um, one thing I would say is that the, you know, one of the ways you can succeed is when you don't have a big marketing budget is to get a small group of believers and, you know, don't try and get everybody in the first season, but can you build a community first that can then slowly grow? And when you have a community of people that believe in what you're doing, that's much stronger than to have a bigger crowd who heard of you once, mm -hmm. you know? 
like having a deeper commitment from small people than a shallow commitment from many more people. Right. You know, and so to build this community of of people that like spread the word for you and believe in you. And we built that now in America. And like, Max, you're a good example of someone in, in Germany who believes in us. Right. Who's uh-huh. taken time to listen to us. And and, and you'll tell your friends, hey, K-Swiss, K-Swiss. So having you believe, listen to us and believe in us is more important than 10 people who saw one ad. Right. OK. So how do we get how do you build this community of small believers? Well, you have to have a position for your brand that is real and emotionally connects to people. Okay. So if I want you to believe in K Swiss, I have to do more than just say we make white sneakers that are cool and cost 70 euro. Right. Okay. I say to you, hey, my brand is stands for entrepreneurship and I'm trying to inspire young entrepreneurs because i think entrepreneurs are the new heroes of culture now maybe you go okay i'm listening to you now mm-hmm. and then if i bring you great content from gary v that inspires you with cool shoes that you can wear during your day you're like okay this is a guy this is a brand that is speaking to me that understands me um, and that relates to me so you know i would encourage everybody to build brand platforms or brand purpose mm-hmm. that is bigger than the product and connects emotionally to your consumer. So if you can do that, you build community, okay, not traffic. Traffic is when you just get eyeballs to see you. Community is when you get people coming back over and over again. And a small community to me is more valuable than a big traffic audience. Um, and, and that's what we've done. So, so community comes from emotion, and an emotion comes from having a brand purpose that's bigger than the product. I love that. I mean, uh, I can't, I can't really add anything on that. I mean, especially if I look at your choice of doing podcasting, of your choice of doing vlogs around the company, I, I don't really know a brand, a shoe brand, but generally a brand that does so much in community building. And of course, you don't have millions of followers, but you have maybe um, thousands that follow your content, but they are into it. They are de- digging deep. They are actually enjoying uh, the road of K-Swiss going up again. And if you, I mean, if you look in five years and K-Swiss has, are the, is the number one entrepreneurship brand again, or again, like it is the entrepreneurship uh, brand, people relate back to the videos that they have seen five years ago. And I think building yeah. up that community and that legacy can be really, really special. Well, the other thing about that is transparency is a key word that, that uh, we use, which is, There's an expectation today for people to know who you are. Okay, if I'm going to do business with you, you know, tell me a bit more. You know, I want to know a bit more about your company. So mm-hmm. that's true again for anyone who's listening. You, you know, put yourself out there. Like people want to know that the person or the people behind the products they that they want to be offered. And so you see this a lot with people doing Instagram Live on, you know, and putting that on LinkedIn. Um, that mm-hmm. happens a lot now, and it's It's not highly produced. It's just, you know, me holding the phone up and talking and being genuine. Right. And that's what people expect. So we we've have taken that approach with K-Swiss and to say, look, we're in this journey of trying to bring this brand back. So why don't we let you see how we do it and talk to us and know who we are and let's tell you about it. And it's not all fun and uh, success. It's tough and it's long hours and hard work and we make mistakes and we do some things that are great. But let's share that with you so you get to know us. So the fact that you know Patrick or know of Patrick is because, you know, I've worked hard to try and get him, 
you know, people to know him because I, if you know who he is, you're going to want him to succeed because he's a great person who's working hard to and believes in this. So if you know Patrick and listen to Patrick, a you may learn something from him, but you're going to you're going to want him to succeed and be be more open to K Swiss. Now you know who we are. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is about: us podcasting and us videoing ourselves is not because we want to be famous. It's because we want to share the journey because that's how you build community again. Yeah, and it feels like it feels super authentic, right? I mean, if you are actually enjoying a podcast with a German podcaster um, as a president of of such a a cultural brand, it means that you want to identify with the listeners of an entrepreneurship podcast, but but you also want to identify yourself with maybe a European community, and that's something that a lot of people or CEOs or presidents of of certain brands do. So I really like that. Um, actually, um, Barney, I think we are a little bit over time. Do you have two more minutes? Um, just sure. as some some personal uh, Q and A's that we want to ask. <laughs> please go for it yeah if you have one one certain book that you want to recommend is is there something that you have read that has inspired you beside crushing it <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, i've read i've read a bunch i read a lot of books i think right now i'm reading one a book called the one thing mm-hmm. uh, and and you know I, whether it's a great book or not the idea behind it is you know it's really about the 80 20 rule which is Can you come to work every day and pick one thing to, to that you that's the most important thing you have to do today, and versus ten things you're doing, and you know every said everything is not equal in your to do list. Mm-hmm. What is the number one thing, and just focus on that. And so I'm I'm reading that because I think that can help my whole team and myself especially is is focus on one the most impactful thing every day. Um, I've also read a book recently called Radical Candor, which is about being really mm-hmm. truthful people um and speaking much more truthfully uh to your team members Uh, and as long as it comes from a good place of trust then it's a great way of being more open and honest and you know the british we're not no we're not known for speaking our minds we'll 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 smile and say everything's fine and then in the background (laughs) think something else so maybe that's a book that's good for me personally um i'd say the probably most impactful book in my life has been a book called the power of now Mm mm-hmm By a German author, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I read, actually, I listened to it on audiobook. So he does it. So I had his German accent in my ear for many days. <laughs> and um, it's an absolutely brilliant philosophy for life about kind of not focusing so much on worrying about the future or dwelling on the past, but just being in the current moment. Um, and and that I think takes a lot of the. If you can really buy into that, it takes a lot of the stress around and anxieties away from entrepreneurship which is important mental health is one of those parts of of entrepreneurship that people don't talk about too much but i think people are starting to talk about more which is you know you've got to take care of your mind as when you're in these situations because you're working so hard and you're pushing so hard that you know having the having your, your mind right um is is important in the same way that having your nutrition and your fitness right is mm-hmm. all taking care of the machine to to that's part of being successful in 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 your life not just making money or or getting a new job title or being a ceo like you got to have the whole package right right absolutely and uh um, it can start with the shoes to give you a spirit of a of of solid ground um i think so that that's, uh, that, that's definitely true uh, since you are an englishman and since you talked about nutrition what's your favorite uh english tea or what's your favorite tea uh, Well, I, I just drink the, you know, I just drink the regular tea, like a PG tips, um, American tea in America is terrible. Um, 
So you've got to get the proper English tea. And it's not even specialty tea. It's the basic. They call it builder's tea. So it's <laughs> what builders drink. That, that's, that's it. But I drink mostly coffee now. I'm, I, I have to admit, I'm much more of a coffee guy. Uh, I probably drink 10 cups of coffee for every one cup of tea I drink. Oh, wow. So that's... I'm American. I'm very American now uh, in, in how I live. I have to admit. <laughs> very unfortunate. Very but unfortunate. Uh, generally, but, uh, generally, Barney, I think it was a great talk. Sorry, sorry for sorry taking for a little bit or going a little bit over time, but I really, really enjoyed the conversation. Um, we're going to identify ourselves as entrepreneurs with your brand more and more, I think. And something that I didn't mention at the beginning, actually, as a last word, um, you are actually going to be the 100th episode of my podcast after two and a half years. Oh, wow. What an um, honor. You. Yeah, which is uh, which is quite cool, and I hope um, we can we can give some inspiration and uh, motivation forward to to uh, let people see K Swiss as the new brand um, for for entrepreneurs. And I would love to uh, to do as much as possible to support that. I appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad to be the hundredth episode. Congratulations! I uh, it takes a lot of work to do that. We I have my own podcast called CEOs Wear Sneakers, which we broadcast here from K Swiss. Uh, where we interview young entrepreneurs and I think we're on episode 25 so mm -hmm. we have a long way to catch you up but we're trying <laughs> um, so I'd also just ask people hey check out CEOs wear sneakers it's a K-Swiss podcast and listen to what we're up to definitely I will definitely link all the socials and all the stuff that you guys at K-Swiss do I will link your Instagram account so people can identify what you guys uh, or what you especially are doing and um, love the journey thanks a lot for coming for enjoying thanks for having me Max I appreciate it thank you all right thank you Barney